Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Ben Jarofsky show. Oh, what a week. It's just moments away. But before we do this, let's thank our sponsors. Sponsors like SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. The Chicago Federation of Labor, our sponsors, as well as the Chicago Teachers Union. And of course, Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of cannabis to smoke, eat, <laughs> rub in your body. You can do that, like, like lotion now. All kinds of stuff, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Ben, what's your latest uh, Chicago Reader column all about? Oh my goodness, brilliant. If I must say so myself, Ben, be modest. I was just watching the Muhammad Ali special, so why should I be modest? My, uh, Muhammad Ali wasn't modest. <laughs> yeah, but Ben, you're not as talented as Muhammad Ali. Good point. Uh, that's true. Uh, anyway, uh, I, t- I think I talked about this earlier in the week. I was writing a, a brilliant uh, column, thank you, everybody, on Mayor Lori Lightfoot's budget process and watching her speech when word broke <laughs> of Mayor Rahm making $13 million uh, a post-mayoral uh, career uh, working for various investment firms. And it was just nauseating, you know, to listen to the rhetoric of Mayor Lori Lightfoot talking about how much we care about the poor. And I'm not making this up, D. We'll probably get into this later on, talking about Moses. Somehow or other, she brought Moses into it. Not Moses Malone, the great center for the Philadelphia 76ers from the 1983 championship Philadelphia 76er team, one of Dennis's favorite teams of all time. No, not that Moses Malone. Not the Moses Malone to play with Mo Cheeks, Billy Cunningham. Actually, Billy Cunningham was the coach. Not that Moses Malone, but Moses from the Bible. I'm like, why are you bringing in Moses? Anyway, sorry. And then meanwhile, you got Rom just like leaving office and making as much money as I can. (laughs) And I remember when like Glory Life was talking about Moses, Rom never talked about Moses. But he was always talking about, oh, I care so much about the poor. (laughs) Yeah, the only thing you care about the poor is you don't want to be poor. We're going to be really rich. So anyway, D, that's <laughs> that's what I wrote about. Man, we're going to talk about Rom. I th- got a feel. I got a feeling, feeling deep inside. Whoa, yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> we're going to be talking about Rom in a little while. Uh, unbelievable, man. This dude is about to be ambassador to Japan. Dems, 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 Dems. You guys are pathetic. Anyway, D, you asked what I wrote about, and I talked about how the mayors always say they care about the poor. And then they never really show that they care about the poor. ChicagoReader.com. Go check it out. All right. The latest column from our very own Ben Jarofsky. All right. Guys, you've already got two songs of the week. We're about to get a third. All right. This guy's in a singing mood today. Uh, Your song of the week, Ben, comes from Frank Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the Beatles. Oh, my God, I just did a Beatles song. With Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. Wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> sure. The Ben Jarofsky show starts now. It is Friday, September 24th, 
and live from my apartment and his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh What a Week. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Chris Cuomo is a Creep Friday. And here's why. Because Chris Cuomo is a creep. It's hard to say, D. Don't you say that fast. Chris Cuomo's a creep. Chris Cuomo's a creep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No matter what I do, it comes out. Chris Cremo is a creep. What a creep. I know we got other things to talk about. We had to, It's all oh, what a week. So we're going to take the deep dive on local news. But oh, what a oh, creep. But what a creep. I was. I, I said this already. I woke up really early today, D, for me at 9.30. Ah, yes, I was up with the birds. Oh, caw, And um, I'd already had, I think, three texts from friends, uh, including Frank. Thank you, Frank, for sending me Chris Cuomo, the story that broke in the New York Times about Chris Cuomo. Uh, Shelly Ross is her name, ABC executive, uh, recollecting about the time when Chris Cuomo grabbed her butt. This is 2005. And uh, so it was right around the time. I was talking about this with Romana. Uh, that's a hint at Romano. We drop a Romano show uh, on Sunday. Uh, we were talking about this. It was right around the time of Billy Bush and uh, Donald Trump and the pussy grabbing uh, conversation, if you recall that, D. And so, like, men just kind of felt like, yeah, man, I just gonna grab this woman right here. And that's what Chris Cuomo did. Uh, and uh, Shelly Ross wrote about it. And uh, I urge everybody to check it out. It's an interesting uh, take. Uh, but uh, the, the part that I think that really uh, triggered her, and I don't blame her, is watching Chris Cuomo uh, walk around with a shirt, T-shirt that said Truth On, as though somehow or other his creepy brother, Andrew Cuomo, former governor of New York, uh, was like the victim of some mistruth campaign. You ever notice, D, when Dems get in trouble, they start talking like MAGA? You know, it's like, well, there's, you know, we're just getting picked on. Nobody likes us. Why, why, why is anybody ever accountable for what they do? I, I mean, Jim Gardner, we're going to probably talk about him, the alderman of the 45th Ward. He did more apologizing than Andrew Cuomo. At least he didn't cry like a baby, like Andrew Cuomo. They're picking on me. Anyway, the whole freaking family. And it's so difficult for me as a boomer because I had a lot of respect for Mario Cuomo back in the day. Mario Cuomo, the daddy, former governor of New York, state of. I remember Mario Cuomo in the 70s. That's how old I am, people. And he was a liberal, like a really passionate liberal standing up for open housing. Wow, that's a radical idea. Integration? Wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> Black people living in the same neighborhoods as white people? You're blowing my mind. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, the Cuomo family has not done the father's reputation any uh, service. That's putting him mildly. So Chris Cuomo is a creep. Yes, he is indeed. All right, without further ado, the man, myth, the legend, pride of Joe of Alton, Illinois, has been working all night in this, all night. I called him like two in the morning, talk about the Muhammad Ali show, which I'm obsessively just in love with on uh, PBS. And I, this is what I heard. That's the sound of his typewriter clicking. Yes, Dennis is old school. He still uses a typewriter. He goes, don't bother me, man. I'm writing my script for tomorrow's show. Without further ado, <laughs> the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, with Oh, What a Week. Man, I'm still writing the script. Newsroom, come on. Give me the thing. Yeah, okay. Cuomo. Give it. <laughs> Cuomo's a creep. Chris Cuomo is a creep. Well, I hate to burst your bubble, but I mean, like, it was before, like, social media when that Mario Cuomo was governor. I mean, that's a valid point. He probably did some stuff too, right? (laughs) 
He, he I re, uh, yeah, his Mario Cuomo is married to a woman named Matilda, and I used to have an imitation of Cuomo. Uh, do I get mad at uh, Matilda? Of course I get mad. Mario Cuomo is always asking a question. Like a reporter would ask him a question, so he would respond by asking himself a question. It was a great rhetorical device. And then he would answer the question. So the reporter would say something, go, do it. you're like, are you mad at uh, Billy Bob? And he goes, I'm not mad at Billy Bob. Occasionally I get mad at Billy Bob. Do I get married at Qu- Matilda? Of course I get married at Matilda. Anyway, I still listen to Mario Cuomo a lot. Sorry, T. I digress. Go ahead, young man. No worries. Let's find out what's happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We begin in Illinois. And hey, enough of the New York governors, all right? We begin with the Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker. The governor was a very busy boy this week. Don't believe me? Well, consider these facts. On Monday, he announced a plan for low-income families, a $327 million in-household assistance available to low-income families. Residents qualifying for utility assistance will see a boost in payments from an average credit of $750 last year to now $1,000 this year. Assistance that never needs to be paid back. Ah, man. Every every Friday, it's like I said, I like Pritzker. I like the guy. You know, he's... That just seems like his heart's in the right place. I don't get a lot of pushback, by the way, from my uh, fellow lefties on this. You ever notice that, Dave? We have lefties. This show, people, lefties from all over the place on this show. And they'll criticize Lori Lightfoot. And they'll, oh, of course, criticize Dems. (laughs) Listen, man, you got to criticize Dems. I'm a Dem. I don't know what to do. Oh, God. He's like, he's like Raymond. Everybody loves Pritzker. Yeah. It's like, you know, he's a good guy. I like Pritzker. I like him. What can I tell you? It seems like his heart's in the right place all the time. He, like I always say, um, he just oozes empathy, which is weird, D, because he's so freaking rich. He's not like you or me in any way, you know? And um He's just got that quality. What can I say, ladies and gentlemen? I like Pritzker. All right. Hold it against me. No one's holding it against you. He then gave an update on vaccine mandates in Illinois. Of course, I'm concerned about people who will refuse to get vaccinated and refuse to get tested. Uh, So we don't want to cause any shortages, but we do want to keep everybody safe. Vaccination is the safest thing that people can do for themselves, for their communities, for their schools, as well as healthcare workers in their healthcare settings. See, there you go. That was like, that's classic Pritzker. Of course, I'm concerned about people who aren't getting vaccinated. It doesn't trash them. You know, I would feel the impulse to trash them. And then Dennis would say, come on, Ben, that's not nice. That's not fair, you know, to trash. What about Nicki Minaj, Dennis would say. You're going to trash her next? Huh? You're going to do that? And, you know, and then I go, you're right, D. You're right. You're right. I shouldn't trash (laughs) people. Sounds like a conversation we have on the phone. <laughs> but JB is like, it comes natural. Of course I'm concerned, but you know, they're people too. And you have to understand them. And I love them too. And there's just, you know, the guy oozes empathy. Like pretty much everyone I know who's vaccinated of the baby boomer persuasion. I'm just telling you, I'm going to, D, I'm going to let something out here. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give millennials and uh, Gen Xs and the Zs. I don't know if we have any Z listeners. Uh, a little uh, tip. 
what boomers say to each other when there's only boomers around. Yeah. Let me tell you something, folks, uh, particularly Chicago liberal boomers. Man, do they trash anti-vaxxers. Just saying. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anti-vaxxers, you have no idea what uh, liberal boomers say about you. I hope you all die. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we just show a little love? Can we just be more like JB? You know? <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> that's my imitation of an outraged boomer. That's actually not a bad imitation. It sounds like an elderly J.B. Pritzker. <laughs> <sighs> What's your J.B. Pritzker? Ha! That's J. That's your J. Ha! Ha! It's like a noise, really. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of empathy J.B. Pritzker shows uh, for anti-vaxxers, and I applaud him for doing that. And on Thursday, he talked all about his new workforce training grant program. We're encouraging qualified organizations across the state to apply for funding, especially in industries experiencing shortages, like the hospitality industry, like manufacturing, or other high-growth industries like tech and transportation or the construction trades. You know, hospitality uh, shortage. I think that's kind of linked to how much they pay. Just throwing that one out there. I got a, a little piece of advice. You want to end the shortage? Pay more money. People don't want to hear that. That's the that's the the chorus coming from the right. God damn it! These people get too much money for not doing anything. <laughs> what a country! But I don't know. D, pay more money. I don't think there'll be such a shortage. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Hey, let's, let's try an experiment. How about that? Let's see if we pay more money if there's still a shortage. Your Go impression ahead. of the right wingers sounded a lot like your impression of the boomers. I can play. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of similarity. I hate to say this, boomers. Let's go into this little tangent, D. You've disappointed me, boomers. This is me, uh, boomer, speaking to my fellow boomers and boomerettes. I remember when you were young and vibrant and full of life. It was the 1960s and early 70s. You're smoking reefer and drinking beer and talking about Woodstock. And you were against the war. You want to be drafted. You were marching in the streets. Here, here. Power to the people. Then as soon as that draft ended, <laughs> not to worry about that. Off to law school you went, you got your degree, made a fortune, and then you voted for Reagan and Trump. Hmm. I don't know if there's a more disappointing generation, and I say this as one of you boomers, than the boomers. The pathetic people you've elected over the years, the amount you've sold out. As soon as I say this, there's going to be one boomer. I didn't sell out. All right, you're the exception to the rule, all right? I'm sorry. I, I I don't know if you feel this way about your fellow millennials, D. I don't know if it's like, like this is a typical thing that one generation, like somebody in the, it's like self-hating generational stuff, you know? Yeah. Like my boomers, they're just so disappointing. You know, they like, they, they just disappoint me all the time with the people that they vote for and the way they talk. You know, like you put a bunch of boomers in a room and the way they talk. Oh, I don't know these kids today. <laughs> I, don't know. I think you're just a little old and complaining, honestly. I don't know. <laughs> I know. And I'm just complaining about everything, including <laughs> boomers complaining. That's the problem with your generation. All you do is complain. I'm going to say nice things, Steve. I love boomers. There we go. There we okay. go. Okay, What a happy bunch they are. Glass half full at the Jarofsky household. <laughs> 
By the way, let me just say this. I'll throw this out there. I talked about this with Romano earlier today, tangent within a tangent about boomers. I've discovered there's a show that's now currently uh, streaming and exceedingly popular with boomers. And how do I know it's exceedingly popular with boomers, D? Because when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, this is a show for me. They finally made a show for me. And it's called <laughs> Only Murders in the Building. And I just think, like, boomers see this show with Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez, but it's really the Martin Short for me and Steve Martin for other boomers. Like, oh, yes, we're so talented. And that episode the other day, uh, Selena Gomez and her friends were making fun of Steve Martin and Martin Short for being so old. Like, well, they're not that old. You know, they're not that much older than I am. Just saying, Selena Gomez. Anyway, that's like a boomer thing, D. I don't know. Have you seen that show at all, D? I've watched all the episodes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Proving my point, the oldest millennial in the world, Dr. T. Do you like it? Yeah, I think it's really good. A classic whodunit, right? Yeah. Uh, but who's your favorite character? Martin Short, without a doubt. Oh, absolutely. Come on. Without a doubt. Come on, Martin Short. By the way, then, so I did the deep dive of Martin Short, ladies and gentlemen. Spent about mm, good 20 minutes, half hour watching Martin Short clips from The Tonight Show. A very funny man. Almost right up there with Robin Williams in terms of his ability to just to spontaneously improvise. Something pops into his head. Yeah, I, I've spent uh, like a month watching Jiminy Glick. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jiminy Glick's hilarious. Anyway, neither here nor there. Let's get back to the news. Enough on Boomers and Martin Short. <laughs> in other news... He's a bold governor. So bold, in fact, that he decided to mess with Texas. Don't believe me? Okay, we believe you. <laughs> Calm down. You're getting, getting feisty, JB. <laughs> Don't believe me. <laughs> oh, that's the cell phone, isn't it? Don't believe me? The cell phone was invented in Illinois. Isn't that the one? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. All the things invented in Illinois. I did not know this. Didn't I know that? So folks. In response to the Texas abortion law, Governor Pritzker has written to the CEOs of several Texas-based companies, urging them to bring their businesses north. He wrote in a series of previously unreported letters to Oracle, Dell Technologies, Hewlett-Packard, Match.com, and others. He said, quote, I invite you to consider a new home base, one that embraces the 21st century. Pritzker, uh, Pritzker, who worked in the corporate world much of his life, refers to Texas lawmakers as, quote, radical legislators who functionally eradicated the autonomy of half the state by enacting a law, he says, cut off access to basic health care and family planning. Pritzker pressed on saying, quote, governor pressed voting rights too. Illinois welcomes you. We'll even greet you with same day registration. Hmm. I got mixed feelings about this one. Uh, D, uh, I share Governor Pritzker's uh, disdain for the legislators in Texas and their uh, insane abortion law uh, and their uh, insane election, quote unquote, reform law which is based on the notion that there are somehow or other uh, huge impropriety in the 2020 presidential election that must be uh, corrected with laws, even though there was nothing wrong in that election. It was smooth sailing. Joe Biden mopped the floor with Donnie Trump. So what Donald Trump did was say the election was stolen from him. So what uh, Republicans did is use that as an excuse to implement laws that were intended to make it more difficult for black people to vote, to discourage them from voting. 
Uh, and they said they had to ch- make changes to protect us from the kinds of things that went wrong in 2020, even though nothing went wrong. So, yes, I sometimes wrestle at night. I can't sleep. Which law is more disgusting, the abortion law or the election law? Hmm. That'll, that's how we and then I get up and read a book. So, yes, I uh, share his disdain. But, you know, I don't know what it kind of a sneaky thing to try to steal businesses. I mean, you know, from the state of Texas, like, is that really economic development for Illinois? You know, we that's like the argument about the TIF program. Like I remember in back in the day, uh, Mayor Daly would be so excited. He would like, they had used some TIF handout to get a company to come from Milwaukee to downtown Chicago or to come from the, some suburb to downtown Chicago. And they'd be patting themselves in the back. And I'm like, how is that like, how is that economic development? All you've done is take jobs from Milwaukee. <laughs> I mean, how is that? Econ- you know what I mean? How is that growing the the base, so to speak? Uh, you know, Milwaukee is a town. I mean, I don't live there, but, you know, they got a tax base issues. So how does wasting our tax dollars to induce some company to move its corporate headquarters from Milwaukee to Chicago, like better for all of man? In reality, it's not better for all, man. It's just better for the loop, the landlord in the building that got the beneficiary of the handout. It's not even better for Chicagoans because they're not creating new jobs. They're just stealing jobs from Milwaukee. You know, so the twisted mind. And then I would advance these arguments. This is why I'm in an attic overlooking an alley. And people would look at me like I'm crazy. Ben, you don't live in Milwaukee. You live in Chicago. What do you care about Milwaukee? convincing argument so it's a similar thing i'm like i don't know how is that helping anybody to move it and it's like and how are you helping things politically in texas just throwing this out jb i mean maybe you want dell or all those other companies to stay in tech in texas because more likely than not their employees will vote against the politicians who pass the anti-abortion law just throwing that out there as an idea you know what i'm saying so i just been praising jb and i'm like i don't like this one I think, you know what, JB, I think you're just playing to your demi base with this, which I don't mind. I don't get paid. So you're going PR stunt. Yes. Yeah. Me too. I go PR stunt. And I'm like, ah. oh, suddenly, oh, Kenny Davis is breaking. Oh, <laughs> no, it's more like Flannery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, JB. I don't know. Mm-mm. You know, I love you mostly, but not with this one. All right. Now to Pritzker's potential opponent in the upcoming gubernatorial election. It's time for a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. All right. What's so funny? <laughs> we spare nothing on these sound effects ladies. I've told you many times uh, what is their name Rosie and the sound effects department really a hard working person uh, is that her name no, I it's can't remember. just me I do it oh. <laughs> and did you I hear don't... that echo come on that costs money okay downstate Illinois GOP gubernatorial hopeful Jesse Sully Sullivan <laughs> owes California $3,200 in taxes for non-profit paperwork error. 
One nonprofit entity created by Republican gubernatorial candidate Jesse Sullivan owes $3,200 to the state of California, plus additional interest in penalties for failing to file its tax returns for nearly a year. And another of his organizations is currently listed as delinquent in the West Coast state. In response to questions from a Chicago Sun-Times reporter, Sullivan's campaign said Wednesday the downstate venture capitalist plans to settle the debt. <laughs> That's nice. $3,200, which it attributed to a paperwork error and work with California's Department of Justice to address these administrative filings to achieve good standing. Sullivan's campaign said in a statement Wednesday, quote, Jesse Sullivan set up a nonprofit that never began operations. When notified today that this unused entity had accumulated fees due to a paperwork error, he immediately took steps to address the fee and is now closing it. As governor, Jesse Sullivan will work to cut red tape and make it easier to start. Uh, he's he's good. He's got this politician thing what down. A slippery move. Hey, Sullivan. hey, he's pretty good at this politics thing. He will work to cut red tape and make it easier to start and grow organizations here in Illinois. Oh, oh God, there's so much to unpack. Just, first of all, Jesse Sully Sullivan is the gift that never stops giving to the Ben Jarofsky show. The only show in the city of Chicago that uh, routinely covers uh, the Republican candidates for governor. You're welcome, Chicago. You're welcome. OK, we're the only ones. Yeah. Every now and then I, I know this because I, I live in Chicago and I bump into North Siders. Don't encourage other people to cover this. <laughs> this is our lane, man. It's our lane. Maybe Flannery does. Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let, let's just think of this one. So Jesse Sullivan's created this not-for-profit. I'm just going through what D said, all right? He created a not-for-profit, didn't pay his fees. The fees keep accumulating. Uh, are you telling us, Jesse Sullivan, that you just learned about these accumulating fees now? You know what I'm saying, D? It's like, yeah. well, I just learned about it now. Thank you. Some reporter called him up. Was it the bright one that dug this out? I don't know. Somebody was in the bright one. My beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times, home delivered every day. Uh, so maybe it was the Sun-Times. I don't know. Whoever covered it. Like, the reporter calls him up. Is that how he discovered it? Like, good. I did not know about this. I will immediately pay this. Or is it like me in a library book? We just kind of ignore all those little notices you've been getting? Now, in the old days, me in a library book. I was going to say, folks. Me back in the 60s and the 70s. That me, not the current me. I dutifully return my library books as soon as I'm done reading them. So is it is it like that? I got a kind of funny feeling it's like me in a library book. I just, I don't know. Who cares about that? So now, and as Dennis uh, so brilliantly says, this is this is this is the slippery politician, folks. He got nailed for not paying his fees and ignoring his fees. And so he somehow or other turns that around as like the state of California is responsible. Well, there's too much red tape. I'm going to cut red tape. I can hear Maggle. Yeah, red tape. That's what it's all about. It's not about you not paying your fees. It's about the red tape. It's like you saw like a little stroke of genius in this weird little uh, (laughs) clumsy fall here. Old Sully. (laughs) You know what? He says he's the anti-politician. That's the other thing. I am not a politician. Well, you're running for office. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you are a politician. You ever notice how politicians don't want to be called politician? 
my dear friend, uh, Sue Sadlowski Garza. That I'm not a politician. That's not an imitation of Sue Sadlowski Garza, but that's what you. I mean, it kind of was. That was you <laughs> doing a different voice Jurafsky. than your regular what voice. Jaworski. 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 <laughs> Come on, Sue. You're a politician. Nothing wrong with being a politician. Yeah. It's anyway, a little a little stroke of genius there in that uh, response he gave. But uh, why don't you figure out paying off thirty two hundred bucks before you start your campaign? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. By the way, that's a good point. There's in the city of Chicago. I don't know if you knew this, ladies and gentlemen, but you cannot get on the ballot if you have any outstanding debts to the government. Did you know that? D? It's true. I don't know. So I even believe that a library, an overdue library book. Well, my uh, listeners are saying Ben. There's no more overdue with the library. Good point. But in the old days, okay, if you had an overdue library book or unpaid parking tickets or anything, a gas bill that you didn't pay, what have you, you could not get on the ballot. And I remember I've seen aldermanic candidates booted because <laughs> their opponents dug up some debt that they had that they didn't even know. So when it, the first thing you're supposed to do is part of the vetting process is to <laughs> look in to see if you have any outstanding obligations. And I remember old boy, uh, that uh, Prit, uh, Rauner, who uh, Jesse Sullivan clearly models himself after. He's going to be the new Bruce Rauner for the state of Illinois. And um, Bruce Rauner, when he ran for governor back in 2014, some enterprising reporter uncovered the fact that he had claimed homeowner deductions on two homes. Mm, homeowner exemptions, I should say. Uh, not permitted. You're only allowed to do it in one home. I know you own 10 homes, Rounder, but you're only allowed to claim the uh, homeowner deduction on one of them. Uh, <laughs> oh, Bruce Rounder. So Jesse Sullivan is kind of Rounder-esque you're in right. many ways. You said that uh, a few weeks back, and I can't unsee it. Like He's totally like young Rounder. Yeah, he's young Rounder. Baby Bruce. Baby Bruce. The only thing he, he – he subs Rounder with the motorcycle. <laughs> Uh, Harley. Well, give him time. Give him time. Well, well, he's got the pickup. Oh, boy's driving that pick. Remember, D? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm driving my pickup. Dude, you're an investment banker. What are you driving a pickup for? You're, what, what are you picking up? I'm picking up investment tips, and I need my pickup to pick them up. Well, now he does have that California uh, flavor to him. Now, we may see him on a scooter in Chicago. <laughs> Remember Rauner? Rauner was on the, what was Rollerblades. Rollerblades. Don't let the downstate people see me doing that. So we'll know that he's totally Rauner when in an attempt to appeal to downstate voters, he starts blasting a reefer. Remember Rauner? Going down on that <laughs> show and oh, the demon weed. If I'm governor. <laughs> It will not be legalized. I'm like, dude, half of downstate Illinois is high right now. What are you, are you kidding? And uh, so if we hear Jesse Sullivan, we know it's a sign of desperation. I'm against marijuana. Then we go up. Oh, yep. He really is studying the Rauner playbook. Yeah, I got to say, Jesse Sullivan, dude, keep going. All right. Don't let this $3,200 <laughs> thing, you know, buck you. You know, keep going. There's something I like about you. There's something that uh, there's good content on the Ben Jarofsky show for this guy. <laughs> Don't you think, Ben? Yeah. You know who's really happy with his candidacy? Who's DB, it? Darren <laughs> Bailey. Oh, those hippies aren't talking about me. <laughs> no, he's got the higher voice. Hey, the hippies aren't talking about me. <laughs> That is correct. Him, he made him sound like Norm McDonald. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Anyway, DB, we we haven't forgotten you, Darren. We haven't forgotten you. Yeah. DB. Keep going, Sully. Come on, <laughs> Sully. And that That's was the a, first thing. I'm from the Heartland. I'm Sully. I'm Sully. You know, thirty two hundred bucks. Uh, and that was a your uh, 2022 Illinois <laughs> gubernatorial candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. Okay, somehow dolphin got in there. <laughs> all right, that's about all the Illinois news I have. So let's get right into the news of the city of Chicago. This little light of mine, I'm going <laughs> to let it shine. People, we have a budget plan, or at least oh, we had a speech God. about a budget plan. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Monday laid out her plan for closing Chicago's $733 million budget gap. Here's what went down, according to Illinois Politico. A highlight of Lightfoot's budget plan includes $31.5 million in monthly payments to low-income residents in need of additional economic stability. In what she described as a first-of-its-kind pilot in Chicago and possibly the largest-of-its-kind in the country. Holy cow. Uh, next, aldermen will debate and discuss the plan before voting. Uh, ben, we do have some quotes from some aldermen, but your thoughts here uh, on the initial uh, plan here for Lori Lightfoot? Well, I'm ho- here, here uh, on that plan. And, uh, you know, I'm a lefty. It's, it's a, a stumble attempt at uh, sort of eradicating the inequities that exist in the city of Chicago. It's going to go, you get a lot more than that. It's funny, though. Um, I don't know if you saw this, uh, D. You know, we should have done a little more pre-show planning than I think about it. Uh, but there was an article in the Sun-Times today. Gilbert Viegas, the alderman of the 36th Ward of the city of Chicago, said that uh, he had that proposal months ago, pointed this out, uh, and they got sent to the Rules Committee. We talked about this yesterday. Rules Committee is where they send legislation they want uh, to kill. Uh, and it got sent to Rules. And his theory, uh, his working theory, is that it was sent to Rules... <laughs> I'm sorry, D. I'm just laughing at the city of Chicago. What a city we have. So that Mayor Lori Lightfoot could then use it as part of her uh, budget in order to get people to vote for the budget. So if they had passed it, it's kind of like my attitude about having two guests at once, D. If I have two guests at once, follow me in this, ladies and gentlemen. This is the mind of Ben Jarofsky as he lays out a week's worth of guests. If I have two guests at once... Well, what am I going to do on third? I'm wasting a guess. If I have SDG and JT, Jeanette Taylor on the show at the same time, which is a just an unbelievable show. And we did that once. Remember that, D? It was a great show. Oh, my God. Stacey Davis Gates and Jeanette Taylor, two of my favorite people in the city of Chicago, on the show at once. But if I do it once, it's like, well, then I don't get Jeanette Taylor on Thursday, you know, you got to kind of like spread it out. So that's like Lori Lightfoot's attitude toward programs that people in the city of Chicago really need. Well, if I give the people of Chicago, the poor people of Chicago, this little nickel <laughs> right now in May when they really need it, then I won't have a nickel to give them in November when I want them to go, oh, my God, the mayor really cares about me. See, D, it's like filling Guest vacancies in the Ben Jarofsky show. You got to spread Ooh, it out. Fourth wall shattered. <laughs> <laughs> when have we not shattered? The, I don't even know the fourth wall exists on the Ben Jarofsky show. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I kind of went by. I guess that was a good point. 
Ottoman Baez. Good point. We got to get him on the show. Yeah. What? Man, a few words. We've had him on the show. You don't oh, remember. Man, a few words. All right. Say no <laughs> yeah, more, yeah, buddy. You know, buddy. Say you know, no more. Kind of, kind of looks at the mic. Uh, the mic's not going to talk on its own. Alderman, got to talk. Ooh. It's a new thing called talking. Ever heard about it? I'm going to look at this microphone. And... Oh, wow. If, if, if In case there was a little bit of that fourth wall left. <laughs> gone. Come on, guys. Just come on the show and talk. It won't kill you. Look, we'll look at the mic. It'll talk. <laughs> I see. Okay. That's not going to work. It's not how you do a podcast. You need someone who's going to talk. All right. I have some quotes from Viegas. We'll talk more about that because the aldermen, uh, I have quotes from more aldermen. They're going to debate and discuss the plan before voting. So, yes, that means it's time for the latest episode of everyone's favorite Chicago political soap opera, a mayor and her alderman. A mayor and her alderman. <laughs> This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. First up, 15th Ward Alderman. Ben, who's that? 15th, did you say? Yes. 1-5? Yeah. Come on. You, hey, Raylo. I see you, Raylo. Come on out, Raylo. Raymond Lopez, right and joy of West Englewood. That's right. It's the uh, the enigma known as Alderman Ray Lopez. He said, we're seeing policies resurrected from previous administrations where you borrow and get by until it's someone else's problem. Lightfoot's plan has no layoffs and there isn't a big burden on taxpayers. A relief, says Alderman Derek Curtis. He expects discussions in the coming weeks to focus on spending initiatives. He said, we can't keep putting the funds in the same place and look for different results. What do you think about that quote from Curtis there. That was good, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go back to Raylo's quote, though. Okay. Raylo, you know I love you, but where was this op- objection when the- Rom was doing it? You know, it's kind of funny. I'm like, he goes, she's just borrowing things that other administrations have done. Uh, yeah, they always did it. Never heard you complain about it when they did it. <laughs> now you're complaining about it now. And it's kind of funny because it kind of goes that way. By the way, Scott Wagaspack will be on the show next week, D. Very oh, the probably. long-awaited return of Scott Scotty. Wagaspack. Scotty will be here. Nice. Scotty Wagaspack, uh, who was um, critical of these programs more so when uh, it was Mayor Rahm. Less so now that he's the finance chair. But isn't that kind of how it goes, Raylo? When you're part of the team, you got to take one for the team. And, yeah, you're not part of Mayor Lori Lightfoot's team. That much is clear. And I, I like you for that. So I guess I should let it go, huh, D? People go, Ben, you know what your problem is? <laughs> I don't know. Take your pick. What? You're, you're too old and you remember too much. So you're always talking about something somebody did 20 years ago. Whoever said that was brilliant. Nailed it. <laughs> I think I said that. I think I thought that the other day when I was walking. <laughs> I was walking. You know, that's a problem with having a memory. You remember things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need to lose some of those memories. Lose some of those memories. And then someone will remind you, though. Like our <laughs> listener, one of our listeners will send you a text or an email. Ben, did you know that blah, 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 blah? Yeah, I know. Yeah, he did. Blah, 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 did blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we're never going to let you forget that you voted for Mayor Lightfoot. This but... little light of mine. <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. Other than that, yeah, just forget some stuff, you know? Oh, my God. Voted for it twice, ladies and gentlemen. Not once, but twice. Double down. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm not really feeling Tony Preckwinkle T. Just throwing that out there, as we all know. I wasn't really feeling. I could have done what some people did and just leave it blank. Just express my disdain for the whole lot of them. And just voted in the Aldermanic, the great Matt Martin. Love my Alderman D. Isn't that good to say you really like your Alderman? Like my Alderman, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you're, I think you're in the, you got a cool alderman too. You're in Byron Sixer Lopez's. I love Byron. Yeah, yeah. I'm in BSL you know? country, man. Byron's a cool guy. He speaks his mind. And let the consequences, you know, let him come. So, uh, yeah. But, so feel really good to say, I like my alderman, uh, Matt Martin. But, uh, you know, mayors, I really, really haven't felt a mayor since Harold Washington. Talk about long time memories, dude. Lightfoot's plan also allots $86 million for mental health services, $202 million to uh, reduce homelessness, and $150 million for youth programming. 35th Ward Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa said, quote, the devil is in the details. Ooh. (laughs) He said, we just got the budget book and detailed proposals, and we're going line by line to assess if this is the investment plan our community needs. And yes, 36th Ward Alderman Gilbert Viegas. Uh, the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Fran the Woman Spielman. On Thursday, Viegas accused Mayor Lightfoot of blocking his universal basic income proposal only to com- uh, commandeer the idea and use the $31.5 million test program to sweeten the pot of her 2022 budget. Uh, ben, uh, more thoughts on uh, Viegas? Anything you'd like to say there again? Well, I, uh, like I said, uh, I think that's exactly what she was doing, uh, Alderman Viegas. I think he hit the uh, nail on the head. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of like what talk about traditions in the city of Chicago. In the old days, Mayor Richard J. Daly days, an independent alderman, uh, would introduce a, pr- a proposal. Of course, he get immediately sent to the Rules Committee because the alderman, the, the mayors wanted to let aldermen know that unless you were willing to swear allegiance to the mayor, you would not have your proposals passed. Why? Because you didn't want to give anybody, residents or aldermen, the sense that it was possible to exist independently without pledging your allegiance to the mayor. And so if an alderman who didn't pledge his allegiance to the mayor got ordinances passed that would mean that you didn't have to pledge your allegiance to the mayor get it chicago they sucked that in your head and most chicagoans bought that so many chicagoans ben i gotta go along to get along <laughs> the the alderman won't give me my license the mayor won't blah 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 that's chicago mentality and and the mayors foster that so the uh the old days, they would send it to the rules committee where it died, and then they would get some loyalist to the uh, the mayor to rewrite it and propose it, and that would pass. And that would be their way of telling the independent alderman, see, if you play the game, if you kiss my ring, then you'll get to have your ordinances passes pass. So this is a kind of similar thing, you know, kind of like, uh, Mayor Life goes, that could be a useful program at the budget time, but not now. People may need it now. See, the difference between what people need in the moment, like, I need some relief because I'm broke in the middle of this pandemic and what a mayor needs at budget time. Hey, Carlos, 
you and your little hippies in the Democratic Socialist Club, you want a little assistance for poor people who can't pay their bills? All right, I'll pass it now. But you got to vote for the budget. See, D, that's how the game's played. All right, and if we knew how to play the game that way, I wouldn't be sitting here in my attic overlooking a porta potty. We got to learn how to play this game. Yes, I'd be a radio star with my <laughs> picture on billboards throughout the land. We suck at the game. game. We suck at the game. Yes, we do. Uh, and France Bimmel went on to remind us as well. Uh, Viega spent nearly two years as Lightfoot's city council floor leader, only to step aside, replaced by Alderwoman Michelle Harris after a no-fault political divorce that appeared to be by mutual agreement. So, think that has I don't anything know about to do with no that? fault. I remember that line. It was not a bad line, by the way. No fault political divorce, but. I don't know. It seems like there's kind of a fault thing going down now. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Just saying. You know, I mean, Viegas kind of opened the bag and let the cat out with this thing about could have passed it in May, but we held it off till November. I don't know, D. Sounds a little faulty yeah. in the divorce thing. Just saying. Yeah, it sounds like the, the phrase, I'll show that douchebag, may have been uttered when uh, <laughs> putting this out. <laughs> 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 All right, moving on and looking back to our former. Oh, wait, by the way, before we look at our former Chicago mayor. Thank you, Chicago, for this humbling victory. All I can say, you sure know how to make a guy feel at home. <laughs> before we do that, that was another episode of A Mayor and Her Alderman. A Mayor and Her Alderman. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit, is what I think. If you think oh, we want to fuck you, then. Who are you to tell me I'm full of shit? <laughs> you know, D, it's been, a, been about a couple of weeks since you played that, and I didn't realize how much I missed it till I heard it. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, just never, never tire that one. Just... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't know who recorded it. Everyone tells me, Ben, you know, you're a little friend Raylo. Everybody like, oh, you're a little friend. Lefties get mad at me because I like Raylo, you know, and uh, <laughs> your little friend was the one who taped it. Raylo never, as far as I know, has never admitted that he was the one who taped that. So we don't know who taped it, but whoever did, thank you. No kidding. Because it's just given us so much material. Well, no offense. <laughs> okay. No offense. Fuck you. Okay. All right, now moving on and looking back to our former Chicago mayor. Thank you, Chicago, for this humbling victory. All I can say, you sure know how to make a guy feel at home. (laughs) Once again, this comes from Illinois Politico. Bang up job this week, Shia Capos. Democrats in Washington and Chicago remain divided on whether former Mayor Rahm Emanuel should be confirmed as ambassador to Japan. Ben, what are your feelings on this one again? No way. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Dems. Show a little pride. Show a little pride, Dems. Bearing evidence of a murder. Where's Norm McDonald when I need him? Bearing evidence of a murder does not qualify you for something as what? Honorable as being ambassador. They call them the honorable ambassadors. Please tell me what is honorable about bearing evidence of a murder. Oh, and then the Dems will go, well, Ben, he was sad. He was waiting for the investigation to complete itself. 
investigation. Hello, dummies. It was over a year old. And he only released it because a Cook County judge made him release it. So, Dems, you have to ask yourself this uncomfortable question that you don't want to answer. Would Rom have released that video if that Cook County judge hadn't ordered him to do so? Please answer that question, Dems. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's a Dem sputtering. Ooh, they like them. <laughs> <laughs> the Honorable Ambassador. They get to call themselves the Honorable D. They do that now for mayor. The Honorable Mayor. They're always the Honorable Mayor. Can we hear Dim? Can we hear Dim sputtering one more time? <laughs> I don't know if that was the same invitation. I just came out of nowhere the first time. Dems, I'm not really feeling Dems these days. D. Ooh, that's hard to say. I'm not really feeling Dems these days. D. You try saying that. And that Cuomo one was way harder. Oh, uh, uh, what is it? Chris Cuomo is a creep. Chris Cuomo is a creep. Chris Cuomo is a wow. That is really hard. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> All right. So, yes, Democrats in Washington and Chicago remain divided on whether former Mayor Rahm Emanuel should be confirmed as, as ambassador to Japan, though ultimately it could be Republicans who have the last say. Five, count them five, progressive Chicago aldermen sent a letter to Senators Dick Durbin and Tammy Duckworth urging them to vote against Emanuel's confirmation, citing his participation in the cover-up of Laquan McDonald. Uh, the letter was signed by aldermen's. Ben, can you guess the aldermen's, or can you remember the aldermen's? Well, I don't, I, I would be a guess because I did not see this tidbit, and this was not part of our pre-show planning, our extensive pre-show planning that lasted for about two minutes. Um, so I would guess five aldermen, and they're probably all regulars on the Ben Jarofsky show. My guess is uh, uh, Rosanna uh, from the 34th Correct. Court. Correct. Rodriguez Sanchez. Uh, that's one. Uh, my other guess is Maria Haddon has been pretty outspoken on this, even though she's not a Democratic Socialist. I'm going to put her in the list. Not on the list. Uh, oh, damn, Maria. Wish you were on the list. All right. Uh, Matt Martin, my alderman of the 47th Ward. Nope, not on the list. Eminem, not on the list. Carlos. Wait, let me see. If it, Carlos Ramirez Rosa, right? JT. Carlos Ramirez Jeanette. Rosa. JT. Jeanette. You got three. Two more. Uh, and uh, Daniel Espada. Nope. Young Danny is not on the list. Nope. Oh, Byron. Sixto Lopez. Yep, yep. Um, how, sorry, Byron, for not putting you at the top of the list. Who would the fifth be? Hmm. This is me thinking. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Michael Rodriguez of the 22nd Ward. I'll give you a hint. If you guys had a freestyle rap contest, he would kick your oh, ass. <laughs> Andre! <laughs> Andre! I am playing pickup basketball, Vasquez. That's right. Got to get him on the show, D. Andre Vasquez with his pickup. I like that. I like. Well, good for you, Andre, signing that letter. That's 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 good. The letter was signed by Aldermans Jeanette Taylor, Byron Sicho Lopez, Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez, Carlos Ramirez Rosa, and Andre Vasquez. Meanwhile, members of the council's Black Caucus are urging confirmation. In a statement to Playbook, Alderman Jason Irvin, Ben of what ward? Come on, two A twenty eight. That is correct. <laughs> 
He's chairman of the caucus. Said Emanuel was, quote, committed to every community in Chicago. He created the Neighborhood Opportunity Fund that leveraged downtown growth to make direct investments in commercial corridors across the city's southwest and southwest side neighborhoods. Entrepreneurs of color make up about 75 percent of the recipients. The letter is also signed by Alderman's Howard Brookings Jr., Michelle Harris, and Emma Mitz. Durbin and Doug Duckworth have publicly said they will endorse a manual, though other Democrats, shh, have been silent. (laughs) (laughs) It may not matter, though. Republicans will ultimately clinch the vote for a manual, according to the uh, Washington Post. Yes. I believe Mario Emanuel will be uh, uh, approved. His nomination will be approved. I I don't I still think Bernie will be the only uh, Dem who won't vote against him. You know it'll be a rally around Joe Biden time. It's disgusting, and you know living in the city of Chicago for a long time, D. And I'm not surprised that I'm at odds uh, with members of the um, Chicago City Council, and uh, on this particular issue, uh, Jason Irvin, you know better. You should know better. The The distribution of funds in the city has not benefited West and South Side communities, to put it mildly. In fact, the chief economic development program in the city of Chicago, which is intended, absolutely intended, Jason Irvin, to help communities on the West and the South Side that are struggling, the TIF program, far more beneficial to upscale gentrifying white communities. You know that. You know, you know what goes on in the city. You know that it's a joke when they have a press conference to highlight some relatively minuscule grant they're giving to like a bakery in Austin or something like that. You know it's a joke. You know it is just like a PR stunt. You know it. And to go along with it, it's just like, that's part of Chicago. That's the way. Let me ask this. You know, like, what is the point of empowering the West and South side communities by giving them the determination to select the the aldermen. If the aldermen are just going to vote for programs that don't benefit the West and the South side communities, I'm baffled. And yet D this is the city I live in the city I have lived in since 1981. I am now starting to talk like a Barack Obama. Not quite sure why I'm talking like Barack Obama. <laughs> you have a problem? But I am. So have you came across anyone who's like, yeah, man, I'm for this. Rom, do that, dude. Um, I, No. Now that says more about where I hang out. The closest <laughs> is Monroe. Uh, Monroe Anderson. Uh, every Wednesday in the Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, who, by the way, gets really kind of irritated when I say he supports Rom. He said, not like I support Rom. He just, I, he views it as sort of a waste of time to be against Rom and kind of undercuts Biden. So that's a close. I haven't had a conversation with David Seaton in a while. I got to bring David Seaton back on the show. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know where David is on uh, this. Specific, but everybody else I've talked, nobody is like for Rom. How could you be for Rom? I mean, I, I get, you know, <laughs> Jason Irvin or Emma Mitz or Walter Burnett or, you know, various aldermen who have benefited you know, politically from their alliances, their allegiances to Rom. So I get why an individual alderman, but it's just an ordinary, regular citizen of the city of Chicago. 
How could you be pro-Rom? So, no, I did, maybe it's the people I hang with, D. You know, even like, um, I'm trying to think of all my friends, you know, who are really are, uh, like trying to be fair. Like Nick Dumpke and Ken Davis, they really bent over backwards to be fair to these politicians. I don't think any of them are like, yeah, Rob, bury that evidence on Laquan McDonald. Go be honorable ambassador to Japan. The best they'll do is say, well, you know, it just happened in Japan is keeping him out of Chicago. So well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, if he's in Japan, he's probably not going to be on that show on Sundays, right? Oh, my God. He got 350000 A lot of people go, Ben, you're just jealous. Yeah, there's a lot of that. $350,000, ABC. You gave Rom. <laughs> I'm like, D, have you ever heard this show? Well, you've played clips from it. Yeah. So part of this, think about his bit about, I rode a bike to Michigan. That clip was... they. The equivalent of like a thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's on the show for that long. Our good friend Pat Whalen has the job of watching the Sunday show. Everybody has a job in the Ben Jarofsky Empire. D. <laughs> you ever notice the Ben Jarofsky Empire? Pat Whalen's job is to watch the Sunday morning news affairs show <laughs> because neither Dennis or I are up. When those shows were on, oh, I shouldn't let that cat out of the bag. Dennis is up at six in the morning chopping wood, but I'm still sleeping. And um, <laughs> so uh, Pat's job is to watch the shows. And uh, I could just tell you based on his reports, Rama's has never said anything remotely worthwhile in two years, but he got 350,000. Do you know how many years I have to work at the Chicago, <laughs> my beloved reader to get so, a lot of years? Ladies so we don't want to see him on ABC. We don't want to see him in Japan. Good yeah. Lord, we don't want to see him in politics anymore. Where can this guy go? He's not going to like disappear, right? No, he's he, 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 retired. Go away. $12 million he made, D. And I'm trying to think, what investment banking strategies did he deploy to get $12 million? $12 million. And, you know, I realize in the total scheme of things that $12 million is not like a lot. I mean, it's more than Dennis or I will ever see, but it's not like Bezos worth $57 billion, I want to say, or uh, Elon Musk or, you know, fabulous wealth. So $12 million, you know what I'm saying? But it's still a lot of money. It's like the world is a really weird place. Like the city of Chicago, we just talked about this. You want to give some money to help poor people who are really on the edge, can't pay their bills. They need the money in May. No, we're going to hold off till October so we look good in the budget process and get some hippie alderman to vote for us. So sorry, poor people. Don't get the money for six months. Just wait till it's advantageous to the mayor. Then you'll get the money. That's how they treat like thousands of poor people. Yeah. But Rom, hey, I'll leave office. I'll become an, an investment banker for $12 million. D, I don't think they're going to give $12 million to the poor people of Chicago if you yeah. add it all up. No. But then, but this is what they'll get some aldermen to go, well, I really appreciate what the mayor has done by giving the $1 million to, like, the 20,000 poor people. Uh, Rom got $12 million for just Rom. Uh, so, yeah, D, 
I guess you're right. Just go back to being an investment banker. You know, it's a weird thing. I was thinking about this. I was on my walk to you. And I was thinking, like, what could Rahm have done after being the mayor of the city of Chicago for eight years? And I was like, why isn't he a coach? You know what I mean? Like, you Sports? would think a guy who did such a piss poor job of being mayor of the city of Chicago, just such a lousy job, would want to do something, you know, like to help people. I don't know. Couldn't you see Rahm as like a swimming coach or something? Swimming coach. Yeah. Like uh, lacrosse. Yeah. Oh, God. He, he's totally lacrosse. All right, guys. Lacrosse. <laughs> That's like a new trier sport. Lacrosse. Very broy. Anyway, I um. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little embarrassing when I see so many aldermen come out and endorse Rom and our senators come out and endorse Rom. And then the uh, the Sun Times that had a Lynn Sweet's story got a lot of lefties pissed off because uh, they wrote the Sun Times wrote uh, no significant opposition to Rom, and all the lefties are like, "What are we?" <laughs> Well, that's kind of what they think of you, lefties. You're insignificant. You don't matter. You know? You can't get Rom defeated, so you're irrelevant. Who cares about your little lefty causes? He's smart. You're not. Remember that always. Oh, yes. That was the other thing from Rom. He was smart. Yeah. By the way, Eddie got $70,000 for his book. Have you read his book, D? Uh, no, <laughs> I may be the only man in America who has read that book. I don't even believe Rom read the book, <laughs> much less wrote it. Anyway, Rom Emanuel, life is good for Rom. Good life for Rom. Hey, more election news. And when it came to his reelection, Cook County Assessor Fritz Kage was kicking back and as Ben would say, smoking a doobie. He was running on a post. But that changed this week as Carrie Steele, president of the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District, is making it official today. She's throwing her hat in the ring to run for Cook County Assessor against fellow Democrat and incumbent Fritz Kage. Without saying Kage's name, Steele says the current assessor has been long on promises, but short on results. Now, Ben, we had him on our show a while ago. He didn't tell us that. (laughs) <laughs> no he did not what the heck yeah i'm gonna have to bring him back home yeah fritz what about the shorter results part of it mm. yeah the announcement puts keggy in a challenging position given the primary occurs right when voters will be thinking of property taxes the second installment is due at the end of june and the primary is June 28th. Steele's political move also puts her in an unusual position. Three water district board members just endorsed Kagi. Steele's announcement was scooped in a tweet by NBC5's Mary Ann Ahern. Why do we ever get scoops, D? We, when was the last time they said this was released in a tweet? Wait a minute, the guy doesn't even tweet. <laughs> It turns out it's really hard. I, I stopped trying like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, man. We nobody tweets in the Ben Jarofsky show anymore. Damn, I want a scoop. Oh, well. Um, the funniest part of what you read was that the three water rec district commissioners are uh, supporting Kagi. Like anybody knows who a water rec com- commissioner <laughs> is. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like there's now a position. We can get you in this water reclamation district, Ben. Well, people know this. I've uh, long professed my uh, 
qualifications for this position. It's water wreck, and I drink water. Watch. I'm going to drink some right now. Perfect. I know now know as much about uh, the Water Reclamation District as any uh, member of the Water Reclamation You're District. You're like a regular Carrie Steele. Yes. So Carrie Steele. We should bring Carrie Steele on the show. Yeah. She's been getting uh, really roundly um, mocked and maligned on uh, Twitter, D. You're going to go, Ben, how do you know so much about Twitter? Because Fritz Kagey's <laughs> supporters are sending me these tweets, but they know. Uh, let's just text them to Ben. Uh, this shows that in her announcement, she misspelled, or her campaign misspelled the word assessor. And so they're saying, how can you be qualified for the position of assessor if you can't spell the word assessor? Now, that's an interesting point, D. Let me just say this about that. I defend Carrie Steele. I am a terrible speller. I've somehow or other existed in a business where I'm required to write things. As a terrible speller, do you, know I mean? do you know how many editors down through the years, D, have saved me from embarrassing misspellings? Many, many editors. In fact, every now and then I do a misspelling when I type up our caption. I misspelled uh, Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez's name the other day. I wanted to blame it on uh, DJ Nate, but it was my fault. So uh, <laughs> I know, D, I wanted to text her. Uh, Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez said, you know, it's DJ Nate's fault, but it wasn't. It was my fault. So, you know, I can really empathize with uh, Carrie Steele. You know, spelling is difficult. But, boy, is she getting reamed uh, by uh, reporters. This is an uphill battle, and I, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with uh, – who wrote – was it Shia Kapos that you were quoting? Yeah. Yeah, I – this is a down-ballot uh, position, and um, I don't think people will be holding it against Fritz Kagey uh, for um, their taxes – and plus, Fritz Kagey and all assessors do a magnificent job of pinning the blame on somebody else. And furthermore, when you want to get your taxes lowered, you go to the assessor. And so that the people, only people who really even know about the assessor's role in your taxes, your tax bill, are people who have generally received a tax cut from the assessor. So they're going to vote for the assessor. So, ah, you know, the Kagi's name and his money, uh, you know, he's got a good big campaign. I'm mad at right now, a little irritated at Fritz Kagi. Uh, and I said this already, Fritz Kagi came on the show, he did a great job. But, uh, you know, I was on my high horse about that Trump sign on the Trump building downtown and how uh, Donald Trump, that building gets a tax break because they can't fill the vacancies. And the reason they can't fill the vacancies in part is because they got that cockamamie sign on the front that everybody despises. So why do you allow them to keep the sign and get the tax bill to tax break? And if you recall, uh, Dennis Fritz Kagey did a magnificent job of dancing and dodging on that issue to sort of lead me to believe that he was with me on this one. And then it came out later, about a week later in the bright one, beloved bright one, home delivered every day, Tim Novak, crusading investigative reporter for the sun times on this point on this story pointed out that chris kagey gave him another gave the trump tower a tax break oh brother I'm like, wait a minute fritz you fooled me and that's <laughs> when i realized how many politicians have fooled me oh my remember Lori lightfoot coming to the hideout what yeah, do you that may be know, the ben? biggest one <laughs> it was ben what do you want to hear you want to hear um, for elected school board? Of course, I'm from an elected school board. What do you want to hear, Ben? Oh, you want to hear I'm against tips? Of course, I'm against tips. What do you want to hear, Ben? Oh, you want to hear I'm against Lincoln Yards? Of course, I'm against Lincoln Yards. Once in office, the hell with Ben. 
Ah, the life of a lefty. Lori Lightfoot ran against Rahm Emanuel. Rahm Emanuel represented absolutely everything that motivated her to run every bad thing in politics and motivated her to run for mayor. And guess who was among the people endorsing Rahm for ambassador? Lori Lightfoot. Oh, he's a great guy. Wait a minute. Hold it. What about Laquan McDonald? That was then, Ben. Your memory's too good. Gotta think ahead. Cutting deals with Dems. So anyway, I, I, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with uh, Ms. Capos. I don't think any voter, many voters will hold that against Fritz Kagey. Well, we do have the announcement from Carrie Steele. Let's hear it. Maybe. Hold on. There we go. Be about it. That's Southside wisdom from my parents. My mom would say, don't talk about it, Carrie. Be about it. That's Southside wisdom from my parents I still hear loud and clear. I'm Carrie Steele. I'm a chemist and an environmentalist. I ran for president of the Water Reclamation District because I saw problems and I wanted to help fix them. I oversee a billion dollar budget. We have a triple A bond rating and we've improved our services while decreasing our reliance on tax dollars. Today, I'm announcing I'm running for Cook County Assessor. We face mounting challenges that will determine the direction of Cook County for generations to come. The current assessor, he has been long on promises, but short on results. He promised he would make property taxes fairer for working people. He promised to help our seniors. He promised to be a competent manager. But a Sun-Times investigation revealed that he badly mismanaged the senior citizen tax freeze program and homeowners got hurt. And I don't need. All right. That's. I believe that uh, her father was an alderman, if I'm correct. So um, she knows how the game is played, D. Uh, we got to bring her on the show, uh, Carrie Steele, just to get a different. Again, ask her about the Trump sign. I'm going to ask her about the Trump sign. There you go. You know, and uh, look, folks, our property tax system is a sham, a scam. Uh, it's ridiculous that we're so dependent on property taxes to fund education, public education. Absolutely absurd. Automatically gives an advantage to wealthy suburbs, wealthy communities over poor communities. Just undercutting all of our rhetoric about how much we care about poor people. The very system we have to finance education is flawed, favors the wealthy but we care so much about poor people. So I, it's almost like D I'm at the point now where I roll my eyes at the assessor's office as important as it is because the system is so flawed. And so it's such a scam. Uh, but you know what? I really do care about that Trump sign. It really gnaws <laughs> at me. <laughs> Look at my building. So, you know, yeah. It's my building. Dennis used to do that all the time. We were on the train. So, uh, you know, I'll bring her on for, for no other reason to extract a promise from her to do what she can to take away the tax break that Trump Tower is getting or force them to take their sign down. I mean, is that like a winning campaign thing that she yes, can do? Yes. I will yes. take down well, that damn sign. I do believe that a lot of people will be saying, ah, I don't know. What do I know about running campaigns, D? I've never run one. I've never run for office. Well, you're going to run for water reclamation district. So <laughs> hold on. Ben Jurofsky loves water. <laughs> mm. I love water, ladies and gentlemen. I'll vote for him. Sounds good to me. 
I mean, that is definitely like a, a selling point, a, a campaign selling point, right? Like loving water. I mean, ta- I'm talking about the Trump sign in this Carrie Steele. Oh, absolutely. And pretty much everybody I know, uh, you know, I don't know John Canizero, but uh, pretty much everybody I know can't stand that sign. And it's what's what's embarrassing about it is that Donald Trump played us. And Chicagoans were, were just like sheep. We were, oh my, Donald Trump came to town and we were like rubes. Like, oh, he's a celebrity. You know, the coverage he got in the early part of the 21st century for just stopping in in Chicago. And he would like call up a columnist and the columnist would print like their interview with Donald Trump. We were like rubes. This guy used us. Gave some money to the Democratic Party, contributed to the Democratic Party, contributed to Mayor Rahm, and voila, he's got approval to put this big, ugly sign on a building on the Chicago River. Then he turns out to be one of the most racist, obnoxious politicians in the history of our country. And we got this sign on the building, and Chicagoans voted against him over 80%. They hate the sign. But the sign stays. And not only does the sign sign stay, but you pay more in taxes, so he gets to pay less in taxes. And the assessor's office controls that. So you're right, D. Maybe that's what Carrie said. Carrie, take it. Run with it. Yeah, do it. And, you know, you, you know how this Knock goes. Out. It's not like you actually have to do it when you get elected. I mean, the, yeah. that hardly happens anyway. So, <laughs> Yeah, just take a page from Lori Lightfoot. What do you want to hear, Ben? <laughs> yeah. Against Lincoln Yards? I'm against Lincoln Yards. Yeah, you don't actually have to do what you promise. Just really make that promise good. Go, Carrie. Go. And then you'll, the mainstream press will just say, well, Ben, what are you complaining about? Politicians never keep their promises. I've never seen a, a politician break his or her promise to give a tax break to a rich person. That's a that's one promise I've never seen a politician break. But help a poor person? Oh, yeah, Ben, what do you expect? You, you don't really think they're going to help poor people, do you? Come on, Ben. Now, I know you're homeless, but I looked at the farmer's almanac. It's not going to be that bad in, like, the winter. So you're good. It's fine. Next year, we'll talk about it. Next year. At budget time. At budget time, okay? Just get through the year. Then we'll take care of you. All right. And finally, not only is our former president, Barack Obama, visiting Chicago next week, he'll be in town for the Obama Center. Also making a trip is the former president's vice president, who is now the president. Play the radio. Make sure the television, <laughs> the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. Whatever you say. Yes, I'm talking about Joey B, Joe Biden. He's heading to Chicago on Wednesday to spotlight a company that has embraced vaccine mandates in the workplace. The president wants to show the vaccinations and regular COVID testing of employees is good for the economy. The White House isn't saying which company will get a presidential shout out. And there's a good chance he's not even going to leave the airport. But, hey, he's coming to Chicago. All right. (laughs) He's going to be there. Uh, He's not leaving the airport. But everybody will schlep out the airport to shake his hand. We'll see uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot talking to him. 
According to according to Politico, Biden wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have to step outside of O'Hare, given it's the hub of Chicago based United Airlines, an outspoken leader in vaccinating employees. United was also the first airliner to mandate masks for employees. So, Ben. I mean, we're going to O'Hare next week, and we're going to finally get that Biden interview, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We can ask, ask him about make, making sure kids hear words. Uh, President Biden, a uh, very interesting concept you had, and I've always been intrigued by it. I'd really love for you to elaborate a little bit. Making sure kids hear words. Explain that a little bit. Well, Ben, hi, you know, hi, Dennis is a good guy. Yeah, that's kind of a going into JB country in that invitation. I mean, uh, you, you had the age of the impression, right? Sounded like uh, a very older person. Yeah, Dennis, uh, he's a good guy. Dennis, I, I was yeah. down in Alton, and I, uh, you know, I like Alton. Yeah, good town. What was your question again? Yeah, forget it. I'll just tell you whatever you want to hear and not do it, just like Mayor Lori Lightfoot did. <laughs> and Rom. Oh, I can't forget Rom. Rom, Rom, Rom and Tiff's. Once Ron found out what the TIF was, he goes, wait a minute, let me get this straight. Mike quickly explain how TIFs work. You raise taxes. People think they're paying it to go to the schools, but really it's not going to the schools. It goes to a private bank account that a bank account that I control. Mike Quigley, yeah, Your Honor, that's how it works. Oh my God, this is great. I love TIFs. Comes in the office. He puts together a TIF reform board. They put a out a pamphlet that says, yeah, this is a, a scam and a scheme. And he goes, I've reformed the program. And the Tribune editorial board, good job, Rom, reforming TIFs. And then they look the other way as the piggy bank continues. Well, as long as he's funding downtown development, Ben, that's economic development. What do you care? So anyway, uh, D, can I just, do you have more on this story? Because you mentioned Obama, and I have something. Yeah, that's, to say. that was. I was just going to transition into Obama and ask your thoughts on. Uh, is, are we going to get the interview with him next week? <laughs> I don't think Barack Obama is going to come to my humble little show anytime soon. Chicagoans, you are a funny group of people. Let me just say that. The papers like Obama's coming to Chicago. I've seen that in various newspapers. On you know, on the radio, Obama will be in Chicago. Hello, Chicago. He supposedly lives here. Remember that? Remember that? <laughs> now it's like he he it's not, he doesn't even pretend that he lives here anymore. Do you? I'm going to come to Chicago. Is he going to leave O'Hare, or is he just going to go? I'm no, no. He's going to go to the Obama Center. He, he's like doing us a favor. We literally gave him parkland to build a center. Ah, oh, forget the green grass. <laughs> We're going to make, uh, give Obama a great chunk of Jackson Park. And so he's coming to Chicago. Whoa, Chicagoans are all excited. Obama's coming to Chicago. I thought he lived there in Chicago. Okay. I'm a little out of it with Obama these days. You know what I'm saying? I, but more and more, I like when Obama left office, I was just like in love with Obama. And then it's just everybody was. Yeah, because it was, he wasn't Trump. We were feeling nostalgic already. And I don't know. It's not really feeling Obama lately. D, you know, the post president Obama. It's, just, it's all about Obama, the brand. Eh, that's where the world is today. Anyway, I'm really happy. I'm going to be a Chicagoan. This is like I'm going to 
find my inner Chicago. Whoa, it's so great that Obama's there coming to go. Chicago. There we go. Oh, I'm so happy. That's the host we want. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's our show. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more, chicagoreader.com uh, forward slash Jarofsky or wherever else you download podcasts. Ben, tell us the lineup of this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews. Could you please? Well, uh, Ramana Hussein just did the interview. It was a great uh, interview with the V&V. Uh, and uh, Vincent and Victoria talking Chicago Bears. Uh, that's a very popular segment, by the way. Uh, and then I have a new uh, guest. Uh, i just got to call her name up right here. Hold on. Uh, Jessica Shirelli, who uh, wrote an excellent novel. Uh, the Lost Girls will be my guest for Monday. So uh, talk of novels. People don't realize this, maybe. I'm an obsessive reader of fiction. And right now I'm finishing Colson Whitehead's book, uh, The Harlem Shuffle, which is so freaking good. I'm up late pretty much every night, ladies and gentlemen, reading a book, uh, which is why I'm not up bright and early uh, with the, uh, like Dennis, chopping wood. Uh, But this um, really happy, uh, The Lost Girls is a great book. So we have a great lineup of guests covering all different topics, Steve. All right. You can send us an email, bennyjshow at gmail.com, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show at gmail.com. Reach us on social media at bennyjshow. And you can call this program. It's true. We have a phone number. We're not going to answer, but leave us a voicemail. (laughs) Hello, Ben Jarofsky show. Dennis speaking. How can I help you? It's not going to happen. So just call us up, 708-658-4788. That number again is 708-658-4788. That is correct. We'd love to hear from you. (laughs) Ah, Darren Bailey, DB. We'll get back to you, DB. We've been talking a lot about Jesse Sullivan. We haven't forgotten you. Uh, And I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, Peter Joy Bolton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as Darren Bailey, Jesse Sullivan... And Barack Obama will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.